0: You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG 13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult.
0: You're listening to the all new Darker Projects 4.0 Old favorites, new episodes. Only at DarkerProjects.com. And now an original feature presentation. Darker Projects presents Tales from the Museum, a miniseries written by Charles Russell, starring Perry Whittle as Keith Nash.
2: this was it. I had been summoned. Time seemed to slow down as my feet moved me relentlessly toward my fate. One foot dragged itself in front of the other, bringing me closer and closer to what might be the final confrontation.
3: Hey boss, where are you off to? Would you believe Pierpoint's office? Uh oh, what did you do? The only time El Hefe calls people into his inner sanctum is to fire them, or worse. So I've heard. Can't think of anything major I may have done. Well, in case I never see you again, it's been a blast working with you. And you still owe me $35 from poker last week.
2: <laughs> no need to get all warm and fuzzy on me. Hello, Mr. Nash. Hey, Mona. Pierpoint called me.
4: Yes, he did. He's on the phone right now, but I'm to send you in straight away. Then I can take lunch.
2: Mm, no witnesses. Pardon? Nothing.
4: Well, you just go right on in. He'll be with you in just a second, I'm sure.
5: Right. I don't care what the downtown revitalization committee says. Have a seat, Mr. Nash. That vacant lot is part of the museum's expansion plan. It is not open for a trade. No, I don't think we need a new strip mall. This city has more than enough as it is. Mayor, if I even hear the words foreclosure or eminent domain, I promise you it will not be pretty for you or your reelection campaign. Do you follow politics, Mr. Nash? No. Save your sanity. Don't. <sighs> Mr. Nash, do you know how long you've worked here? Eight months, two weeks, and three days. Um, yes. Do you realize that when you passed the six-month mark, you became the person to spend the second-largest amount of time in the office? Really? What's the all-time record? Uh, Two and a half years, I believe. Do you know that you are the very first special services coordinator I have ever called to my office?
2: Yeah, look, about that.
5: That is because I have never needed the type of help I need right now. I understand that you are the person to whom it should be referred. Pardon? Mr. Nash, I have been at the helm of this museum for nearly 20 years. My goal has always been for our museum to be a preeminent center of learning and research. Right. This has been accomplished through the hard work of both myself and a hardcore group of loyal employees. I have always worshipped knowledge, Mr. Mm -hmm. Nash. I have idolized the great thinkers and philosophers. I have always believed that the human mind was a vast panorama inside the human shell. I see. I have always believed in the gospel of the scientific method and in measurable results. I'm a pragmatist and a cognitive behaviorist. Yeah. The other thing that I have always believed is that despite all of the stories the museum was not haunted. But now, but now for the past 3 weeks she has been appearing to me. She, a woman, a young woman. She appears in front of that door, the door to my private stairway. Hmm. She is dressed in a style that suggests the mid 1800s. I think it is referred to as a full form appearance. There's a scent first, a perfume mm-hmm. scent. Then she fades into existence in front of the stairway door. We make eye contact, and then she fades away again. She never says anything or moves. These encounters last only a few seconds. Uh Uh-huh. She is quite possibly the most beautiful creature I have ever seen. Specific time? I work late most evenings, but no, no specific time. The first step will be to attempt identification. I already know who she is,
2: Mr. Nash. That sets up an obvious question.
5: Her name is Claire. Claire Lyman of the Boston Lyman's. She was engaged to a Union cavalry officer who was wounded in action. That was during the Battle of Blake's Ferry. He was brought here. At that time, the original building had been commandeered for use as a field hospital. Hmm. He sent word to her about his condition. She immediately made her way here. Claire was quite a girl, at crossing battlefields and scorched earth. She was just 16. She made it here just in time for her beloved to die in her arms. She stayed on to help tend to the wounded. She would die here herself of a fever a few months later. Heavy. Yes. Well, when did you first notice her? As I said, three weeks ago. That was about the time those idiot interior decorators showed up. The inner walls of the staircase had been cheaply paneled some time ago. Right. They decided to tear the paneling off and replaster the walls. She appeared the first time on the same day that they attacked the second floor landing. Uh, What's the connection between her and the landing? No idea. According to the records of the day, she died in one of the downstairs rooms and her body was shipped back to Boston. She's buried in the family plot near Beacon Hill. Then why is she here? That's what you are going to find out.
2: How do you know that you're actually seeing this Claire Lyman? This. Big book. The Complete History of Blake's Ferry, The Civil War's Forgotten Battle by Ambrose Montgomery.
5: Hmm published in 1931 by a survivor of the battle. He meticulously researched the events leading up to the battle, the battle itself, and the aftermath. Was he north or south? North, actually. However, he spends a lot of time covering the southern point of view. Here, this picture.
2: She's very attractive. She's smiling in this picture. You don't see that in most of these old tin types. The slow shutter speeds made it uncomfortable.
5: Do you see her necklace? The crucifix. The apparition in my office is this girl wearing this necklace. Oh, this
2: sets up another obvious question.
5: No, I did not pick up this book in the research library until a few days ago, after I started seeing her.
2: So you want me to...
5: I want you to discreetly ascertain that she is either a residual trace of energy which will eventually fade away, or is she a living soul trapped between dimensions or whatever you call it. I've
2: never seen you act this way.
5: I've never
2: felt this way. I'll have to call some people in.
5: Whatever you need. Discreetly, Mr. Nash. I notice that you aren't acting skeptical.
2: Can I let you in on a little secret? This joint really is haunted. I've been dealing with it since day one. South Psychic Investigation Society. Mala Monroe, please. This is Keith Nash from the Johnson City Regional Museum. Ah, uh, yes, please hold.
3: Are you sure this is a good idea?
2: Uh, I hope so. It's all I got right now. Mr.
4: Nash? Oh, this is a surprise.
2: Good afternoon, Miss Monroe. How busy are you right now?
4: Ah, oh, swamped. Why?
2: Because I need you here ASAP.
4: Really, Mr. Nash? The society is. Of- We have our mapping project and all
2: sorts of... Mala, I can offer you access to the oldest part of the museum. A place where the public never goes and only a handful of staff people have ever been.
4: Oh, really?
2: Really. I'm offering you the ivory tower here.
4: Well, maybe I can put together a small research team.
2: Actually, I was hoping for just you, Angie, and Adrian. I need to keep this as low-key as possible. I hope you understand.
4: Oh, of course I do. We can be there tomorrow evening.
2: How about eight o'clock at the side entry? I'll reserve your room at the downtown inn.
4: Oh, oh, I just love the downtown inn. Oh, we'll see you then.
3: I don't know, boss. I really need to get a grip on this one. Our beloved dictator-in-chief... Has a haunted office. Haunted by a female apparition. Right. He might be just a touch infatuated with said ghost. Uh Uh-huh. He called you up to his office, not to fire you, but to ask for your help. Right. So now you've called in Marla Monroe and her niece to do a little psychic snooping. Yes. All this to prove that Pierpoint's girlfriend is just a residual energy trace, not a soul trapped in some sort of a hellish half-existence. That about it?
2: That's about it.
6: Okay, I'm good. Hey guys, sorry it took me so long to get down here. I stopped by our research department on the way, just like you asked. Pierpoint checked out that book on Blake's Ferry a week ago. By the way, they want it back.
3: Well, that squares with Pierpoint's story.
6: What story?
3: The Great One has a new girlfriend. Really? She's a ghost.
6: Well, that's about par for the course around here.
4: Dr. Mancuso, so good to see the two of you again.
2: Where's Angie?
4: I'm right here. Adrian is around somewhere. Oh, we are just so happy to be here for this.
2: Is the hotel okay?
4: Oh, it's just fine.
2: Well, let's go to the employee lounge and there we
4: can... Oh, no, 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 no. We were picking up on this lady's psychic energy as soon as we pulled into the parking lot. We need to get on this. ASAP. If you say so. Oh, Mr. Nash, of course I do. Then we can get down to the real reason you called me.
2: The, the real reason?
4: Oh, Mr. Nash. <laughs> really? Do you think that I didn't pick up on our awesome psychic chemistry the last time we met?
2: Miss <laughs> uh, Monroe, I called you because...
4: So, Mr. Nash... Are you married? No. Engaged?
2: Uh, not anymore.
4: Oh. Seeing anyone? Uh,
2: not seriously.
4: Oh, do you like to dance? Uh,
2: (laughs) not particularly.
4: Oh, you see, I was thinking. (laughs) You and me and a lovely time downtown and...
2: Uh, well, you see...
6: uh, Honey... Don't forget dinner at my place after this is over. I'm fixing your favorite.
2: Uh, okay, babe. Can't wait. Bye,
6: lover.
4: Oh, Mr. Nash. I am so sorry. I didn't realize that you and Dr. Mancuso were...
2: Neither did. We've been keeping it quiet. Office politics, you know.
4: Oh, I completely understand. I'll just... Grab my bag here, and we can get started. The elevators are this way, right?
3: Boss, what just happened?
2: I think that Dr. Helene Mancuso just saved me from Mala Monroe. Do you owe her one or what? Can this day get any more, Trippy? Oh, don't put that out there. Listen, Casey, when whatever is going to get started gets started, I want you sticking close to that girl, Angie. Babysitting? Come on, boss. I have my reasons. You have to trust me on this. Oh, alright.
3: Let me go get my gear.
1: He's right, Mr. Nash. We don't need a babysitter.
3: Hello,
2: Adrian.
1: Uh, sorry about the way Mala came on to you like that. She's been a little screwy since her husband died a few months ago.
2: I hadn't heard. What happened to him?
1: Nothing anybody can prove. But anyway, just so you know, I can sense her already.
2: Who? Claire?
1: Yes. Powerful energy source. She has been dormant for ages.
6: Hi, I'm back. We'll talk later, Nash. This must be Angie.
1: I'm Adrian at the moment.
6: Ah, that's right. Nash told me about it. You're a spirit guide who can channel through her. Sometimes she lets you drive, right?
1: (laughs) Something like that. So,
6: where is Angie?
1: She's still in here. She still has a final say in whatever her body does. It's not like I can just jump in and use her to rob a bank. I can't even get her to light up a cigarette. Just my luck to hook up with a health nut.
6: Amazing. I've never seen
1: anything like this. So, Mr. Nash, where do you want us?
2: Adrienne, I'd like you floating around with your eyes and ears open. I'd like Angie with our man Casey close at hand.
6: Okay. Hey, she just did it, didn't she? She just changed? (laughs) This is amazing!
2: Adrian. I've met them. You knew?
3: You knew and didn't tell me? Boss, please, don't ever hold out on me like that again. This is the coolest thing
2: I've ever seen. Am I forgiven for the babysitting detail? Are
3: you kidding? I'll name our first child after you. I'll catch you later.
6: Casey
2: worries me
6: sometimes. Marla, what can we do to help?
3: We
4: have to get set up. We start by making this large circle of salt on the floor. Now, where does the professor say he sees her?
2: She usually fades in in front of the stairway door.
4: Hmm, excellent. We place this blue candle in the salt ring, in line between that location and the center of the ring a soy-based candle. I just love soy-based candles. We can take this compass and lay out four red candles according to magnetic north, south, east, and west. There. Perfect. Oh, here's a Zippo. Dr. Mancuso, would you help me light these, please?
6: Certainly. Now what?
4: Well, now I stand in the middle of the ring being careful to face the correct direction. Now I begin to control my breathing. I clear my mind. To slip into a trance like
2: I I guess now we wait. How long? No idea. Casey, it's Nash. Status Report. Adrienne is looking around. Angie is right here with
3: me. Hold on. She wants to know how her aunt is. She's in a trance. Angie says that's cool. We'll keep you posted at this end.
6: You know, I've studied some psychology. I grasp the basic concepts of schizophrenia and split personalities, but this whole Angela Adrian thing is just a little bizarre even for this place.
2: They're two very nice young ladies.
6: But one of them is the ghost of a go-go dancer.
2: Didn't say it was a perfect
5: setup. Mr. Nash, sir? What are you doing here? Uh, I'm not sure. Curiosity, I suppose. I need to know. Your office. Make yourself comfortable.
4: (gasps) She's coming. I can feel her energies becoming more focused. Coalescing. Trying to make contact. By the door. That's where she'll be. Oh, this is more this is more than I can handle. She's powerful. But she doesn't know it. Oh, it's a good soul. She doesn't, she doesn't know she's dead.
5: Casey, get Angie up here. Now. Tentful. Smell that? Her perfume. There. There she is.
4: Try and hold her here. Someone will need to make contact.
5: May I speak to her?
4: Oh, if she so chooses.
5: <clears throat> Good evening. My name is Professor Julius Pierpoint. I am the chairman and CEO of the regional museum. Are you Claire Lyman?
4: I am. Sir. do you know where you are? This is a hospital. Ask her what year it is.
5: Ma'am, do you know the year?
4: Certainly. It's 1865.
5: N- no, ma'am. It's 2008.
1: <laughs> you are mistaken, sir.
5: Wait are here. Whoa. Ma'am, you are in my office on the fourth floor of this building.
4: Sir, you are in the doctor's ballet. This is a hospital. If you listen, you can hear
1: men screaming.
2: Now what? Adrienne?
1: I'm here. Unfortunately, she has to face the fact that she's dead. Once she realizes that, then she can move on. Are you talking to someone? She can't see the rest of us. Don't be alarmed. This is pretty much normal. All of her energy is focused on you.
5: Ask her to describe the room. What? Just try it. Ma'am, would you please describe this room? Why? Well, because if you're not the ghost, maybe I am.
4: Very well, sir. To my left against the wall are two sets of bunk beds. That's where the doctors try to rest. There's a table, a washstand, a chessboard, and a bookcase. Then to my right is a window, a desk. But those weren't here. What's happening? Oh, yes. oh that's it. She's, she's oh. being moved forward in relative time.
1: Keep her talking, Professor.
5: Ma'am, I'm so sorry. But you have been dead now for a very long time. How did I... It was a fever. Ma'am, can you tell me what the significance of the landing in the stairway is? You were never seen until some people started working in there.
4: I think a part of me died in there. I traveled here from Boston. I wanted to see my fiancé, James, once more before he died. He held on for me. He passed away less than two hours after I got here. There was barely time to say goodbye. I hid in that stairwell, I cried, I felt part of my soul draining away. There we go. So, what am I to do now? Tell her to look straight ahead. She should see it, uh, she should see- it. A door. There's a door in the far wall. It's opening. Good.
1: It's the door. She'll be okay. Someone is calling me. Everybody is waiting for her. Her parents, her sisters, James, they're waiting.
5: It's all right. You are going to be fine.
1: She's
6: fading out. Thank you, sir. Thank you,
5: My pleasure, ma'am. My pleasure. I, I c- cannot believe that this actually happened.
6: Believe it. Look on your desk.
5: What? I- is that...
6: Her necklace. She was here all right.
5: I need a drink.
1: Hello, Mr. Nash. Angie. Yes, Adrian is looking around, and Mala stole the downtown inn. She wanted to get one more massage before we left.
2: I <laughs> don't blame her.
1: Anyway, I wanted to apologize again for Aunt Mala coming on to you like she did. We're very sorry that you and Doctor Mancuso got put on the spot like that.
2: Ah, uh, we'll live. Of course.
1: Especially since we all know that the two of you are definitely not an item.
2: Is it that obvious?
1: Afraid so.
2: Oh, well. Hey, I have something to show you.
1: Really? What?
2: Well, remember the last time you were here? You told me that you'd been a go-go dancer. I made a few calls, did some web searches. I found a guy in Miami. He's one of those retro bachelor pad types. Anyway, he collects memorabilia from the old go-go palaces. It cost me $25 at his online auction, but here's a lobby card from the old Shea Mayhem Agogo. Check it out. Appearing nightly.
1: Hey, that's me. Wow. <laughs> Look at that hair.
2: You were really something. Take it with you.
1: Th- thank you. That's. Uh oh. We have to go.
2: What? What's the. Oh, Dr. Mancuso's coming. Well, nice seeing you.
6: Hey Nash, you've got a minute? We need to talk. Sure. Don't say anything, just let me get this out. Okay, I like you as a friend and a co-worker. You're a blast to hang out with now that you've loosened up a bit. But I am not attracted to you. Nothing personal, but I'm not. I hope you understand.
2: I'm cool with it.
6: You are?
2: I have a hard fast rule about dating co-workers. It's actually carved in stone.
6: (sighs) Good. Now, spill it.
2: Uh, Spill what?
6: Marla asked you if you were engaged. You said, not anymore. That means you were before, right?
2: It's a long story.
6: You can tell me anything in complete confidence. I'll spring for a nice brunch.
2: Uh, It was about five years ago. She was a tall blonde.
6: Oh, this is going to be good.
0: You've been listening to Tales from the Museum, Season 2, Episode 2, Haunting Pierpoint written by Charles Russell. Featured in the episode were Perry Whittle as Keith Nash, Alistair Stewart as Casey, Amanda Fitzwater as Helen Mancuso, Bruce Busby as Julius Pierpoint, M.S. Garcia as Malamon Rohn, April Sadowski as Adrian and Angie, Abner Senaris as the telephone voice, Elise Kroak as Mona, and Melissa Johnson as Claire. Original music composed by Joe Stuckey and Kevin MacLeod. This series is produced by Ellie Hirschman. Post-production by M.J. Cockburn. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. To purchase The Complete History of Blake's Ferry, The Civil War's Forgotten Battle by Ambrose Montgomery, please visit the gift shop of the Johnson City Regional Museum.
2: Hi there. Do you like science fiction and fantasy? Well, you're in luck. Wednesday Wonders is the mutual
5: audio feed that has all things to do with the world of the unknown. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed every day for amazing audio, or you can find the Wednesday Wonders for all of your sci-fi and fantasy needs in your favorite podcast player. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.